You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. We're not getting out of here alive. Gotta be fucking kidding. Thanks for joining us for another Movie Sucktastic, Episode 5, Halloween Edition. This one, we're going to talk nothing but horror films. So, how do you want to start this? Well, you know, just to start off with, you know, the normal, this is Movie Sucktastic, so you go to yep. moviesucktastic.com if you're not listening yep. to that right now, and just check out our stuff. We're uh, slowly adding a lot of stuff to it. We just started doing video reviews on the spot at movie theaters. We're trying to do more video stuff as well. Uh, We've upgraded get, our microphone. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. No longer is it propped up with, with yeah. books and videotapes with the cord out of a cardboard I, tube. I, I won't have to uh, amplify 10 times and noise removal 17 times. Right, so we, with this episode, we've effectively uh, quadrupled the, the technological output of the show. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's, okay. it's the difference between Tron and Willow. How about that? Oh. <laughs> okay. That'll bother you for hours. Yeah, yeah. long after you're gone. Yeah. So, But the idea of this episode was just to do a Halloween special and just, just concentrate on horror films yep. and take a more casual, laid-back approach, just kind of stra- tra- uh, train of thought, stream of thought, see where everything goes. My train's derailing already. No, it's but, fine. It's fine. But we, uh, last night, we started off our whole Halloween thing by upholding a tradition of ours. Yep. We uh, went to see the weekend opening of Saw 6. You think it's the living that will have ultimate judgment over you? What are you doing, man? What do you want? Because the dead will have no claim over your soul. No, I'm not gonna die! I'm not gonna die! But you may be mistaken. But I am still among you. When faced with death, who should live versus who will live are two entirely separate things. If it's Halloween. Be saw. It will be put to the death. Saw six. He helped me. Yeah, we only broke the tradition a little bit by not seeing the midnight show on Thursday. Well, honestly, that the midnight showing has only been a tradition for two years. No, we've been doing that since four. Uh, right, but we saw three together. So I say yeah, So four is four and five. Oh, yeah, you're right. We saw four mm-hmm. and five midnight showings. That's right. Uh, basically, uh, season uh, when episode three came out. I keep calling them episodes because it feels like episodes. It does. Well, and and the storyline does continue through. It really one, plays so. more like an episodic show than it does individual yeah. movies. In Although some I way. can't see myself sitting down and watching, you know, a twelve-hour Saw movie. I, I can. Nah, I, I did. I watched them all before I went to see Saw Six. Uh, you did tell me that. Yes, I did. I just don't have that kind of Loved time. Every moment of it. <laughs> I bet you did. But we yeah, Saw Three. We went to see it at a mall theater. Doing, uh, oh, the, five minutes into the film, uh, I'm trying to watch Donnie Wahlberg break his ankle apart with a piece of a toilet. And yeah, not way. only do we have a, a line of eight or ten kids in the seats in front of us talking and on their cell phones and texting all this stuff, but literally one kid comes over and kneels in front of me to talk to his friend sitting in front of me. And I, yep. I, I kind of blacked out. I don't remember what I said. I don't remember what I said, but I know I pushed a couple of them. 
And I know I barked to Joey that we were moving now. Yeah. Well, see, there's this, there's this I, thing that several always... pers- I know. Profa- I know there was a string of profanities. My favorite kind of string, by the way. There's there's a thing that always happens when we when we end up going to the theater with Scott. We've kind of narrowed kind of narrowed it down to that. It's Scott's fault. I, I, just, I this aura just follows him everywhere. I, I we'll go to a movie. Yeah, and we'll go to a movie, and it doesn't matter what the film is. We're always going to get someone bringing in a baby in a carriage, or someone leaning over to talk to someone in front of you, or someone next to you just can't stop talking through the film. It's inevitable. And everything you just said now is not an exaggeration. Those are actual events. Baby in a carriage was Iron Man, uh, and the Matrix stories I will tell at another time, Uh, because that was... Even Bujina, who we had with us last night, uh, there was an incident that happened with him with a movie we saw not that long ago where the kid next to him might have been 14, 15 years old and just wouldn't shut up through the whole thing. He was laughing through movie trailers louder than everyone else. He was talking out loud at the screen while we were watching it. And at one point, Chris just leans over to him and he just goes, dude, really? <laughs> he completely shut up after that. <laughs> well, that happened to us at this episode of Saw too. Because there was, uh, yeah. a, there was a, some kind of pajama-clad teenage girl sitting next to me. And there was Saw a, Six. Saw Six, yeah. yeah. And there was a seat between us, and she, and she put her feet up and had to curl up, and she kept rocking the seat. And at one point, I just turned to her and I, I, I didn't yell anything. I was like, could you stop that, please? See, I, and then, thank you. And she kind of recoiled, and her eyes went wide. And The difference between you and me is I wouldn't have minded so much. Well, I, I mean, just because... You're a sick man. I um, never claimed not to be. Yeah, but three we saw, and then you know, I blacked out and yelled and stuff, and and you know yes. I, I was afraid that we might get jumped in the parking lot later after I I came down. Yeah, but uh, nothing. You know, they didn't come after us. Saw four. I ended up with a speeding, a quote unquote speeding ticket. No, no quote unquote. He he was speeding. He got a ticket. No, I was doing uh, fifty eight in a fifty. So that's speeding. Uh, it is technically considered speeding. Don't come to my town but, speeding through the streets. But just when just, you know risking the you know, lives of the college see- students lined up to see Saw. I'm coming to see a midnight showing out in the middle of nowhere. Did you tell the cop why you were speeding? Well, he asked me if I was drinking, and I told him, of course I wasn't. And, you t- but you should have told and him. Then he Sir, me- honestly, I'm trying to catch the midnight showing showing a Saw 4. You've been there, haven't you? And he would have said, no, and he would have given you a ticket he anyway. He would have given me two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but, you know, I'm trying to catch the midnight showing. There's nobody on the road. It's a 50-mile-an-hour zone. And the ridiculous part about the whole situation was... He pulled me over because it was the end of the month. It was quota time. And I don't want to hear any crap about how it wasn't. Well, you shouldn't be speeding during quota time. You know better. I was doing 58 and a 50. Right. I was speeding. Anyway. So, yeah, you had a speeding Not, ticket for that. And we yeah. saw that. And then saw five. You came to me. I came to you. We went to the midnight showing uh, at Lo- a movie Lowe's theater. Mountainside. Right. And it was two midnight showings. On the right-hand side of the theater, they had a midnight showing of Saw 5. Yeah. And on the left-hand side was the midnight showing of High School Musical 3. High School Musical 3, and ironically, they were both sold out. They're both sold out, <laughs> both midnight showings. You got all these scary people going to the right-hand side of the yeah. film, all these teenage girls in their pajamas going to the left-hand left side of the film. They kept us separated because they knew that if we both got out of the theater film at the same time, there was going to be a fight. Yeah. And I, I'm convinced that the High School Musical kids would have kicked our asses. Probably. Yeah, we would not have seen that coming. But, you know, the whole pajama thing, you know. Uh, if it, I did that, they'd call the cops. They, no, when, well, I, when I've done that, they've called well, the cops. You know, I don't... I mean... Obviously, we haven't been in high school in, you know, 12, 15 years, but... Uh, I, I can't go to high school because they'll call the cops. Yeah. But <laughs> I remember specifically being told, you can't wear jogging pants. 
Right. This is a movie theater, though. It's different. No, I know, but they, you know, kids bring, they go to school in their pajamas nowadays, too. Do Some they? schools are less strict. Some schools are more, and you can't do it. I'm all for it. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, so we carried on our tradition this year, not a midnight showing because our schedule's conflicted. Well, we saw it at almost midnight, but... We, yeah, we saw it at 10.15 showing Friday yeah. night, and it was, uh, it was damn close. good. It was actually better than five. Much better than five. Uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, loose ends were tied up. Some lo- some, some unanswered questions from three and four were yep. finally uh, resolved. Uh, a couple more were opened, and they've really kind of... They've been greenlit for seven, which is supposedly going to be in three D. No, been, yes, it, no. Supposedly, it's supposedly. going to be in three D. But I already know since you've already told me supposedly, yeah. it will be. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, they've been they've been saying it might be. They're not because they they're been, they're not married to the fact. They yet. are cramming three D down our throats. But these guys, and personally, I am tired. But of I don't it. think these guys will do it if they can't make it work. So far, I've been very faithful with the Saw things. They've been doing three D and horror forever. I mean, these guys, even though, if it doesn't, I work. mean, these guys doing the Saw films. I, I have faith that may, they might they won't do it if they don't think it'll it'll help the film. All right, it may not be worth the budget too. Well, you know what I think will greenlight uh, the fact that it will definitely be in three D or not is how well it does this weekend. Yes, I can't wait for those numbers. Um, yeah. What time is no, it? No, 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 no. We're no. fine. I'm not. We'll, we'll, those we'll, numbers should be out now. We'll, we'll post them up on the on the website. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Well, they'll be up on Monday. Right. I mean, for the whole weekend tally, which Paranormal yeah. Activity will be the number one movie. Predicting it now before I see any numbers. And uh, they've been greenlit for eight as well. And they've yep. ki- and this this one they've kind of they've set things in motion for seven and eight, but they've kept it kind of open ended in motion. They haven't they didn't give us a big cliffhanger as much as as a what could happen now kind <laughs> of ending. So it's good. Right. Anybody who felt kind of lackluster disappointment over. Five, like I did, which I enjoyed it, but as, you know, you know they f- it felt like they were setting up for a big finale, and then all of a sudden they've given up on the idea of a big finale. Right. So they're not holding back anymore. They're they're saying, all right, let's just go for broke. So this one does not feel like they're holding back. And if you watch the news or current events, and you're into the whole healthcare and mortgage debate thing, you're gonna love this one. Oh yeah, the these yeah, guys seriously, just, and it opens really strong too. It just suckers you. This in. this is the first saw that actually be, be specifically topical with its. Uh, I think to 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 such a degree. The other films have had semi top. Everything's been like very yeah. vague. It's all about criminals and good and bad, good bad cops and moral judgments. This one took the whole moral judgment thing and really ripped the headlines. Yeah. Out and, well, and 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 I already I haven't read any reviews on it or anything. It's like a Law and Order. I, this episode was inspired by re- previous events. <laughs> I can guarantee that it's going to get ripped apart for the fact that it did choose something topical. Like it's it's going to get ripped apart. Closure in real estate. It's going to get ripped know. apart because it's saw constantly. But twenty twenty to zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes, yet consistently makes thirty million average at the box office opening yeah, weekend. Between twenty five and 30. audiences keep yep. coming back. The films don't suck. The critics refuse to even give it a nod for like being faithful to its base or whatever. Yeah. It's it's never it's never going to get good reviews. It's never going to get any kind of positive ex- uh, no. expression in the press. If they had stopped after the third, then it, the trilogy, if it was set alone as that, might have fared better for review wise. But because they're making yeah, but so after many the fact, after the fact though, yeah, what's no, good is after the fact. But because they're making so many, they just say, oh, they're making so many, and then they're just. It's Without even seeing them, they're just kind of that, that's, you know, that's, that's, pushed in this that's like category. Blaming, that's that like blaming. Crap. I'm sorry. No, that's no, like that's okay. like blaming Hollywood for all remakes. You know, it's like yes. Oh, it's five sequels. It's got to be bad. No, it doesn't. No. And I don't think it is. Yeah. 
But yeah, so we saw Saw, and that's kind of our Halloween tradition, and we're just kind of running with that this episode. So uh, yeah, and we're just going to continue talking about you know movies uh, we've grown up with, uh, you know, the, just horror movies in general is what we're aiming for. What was your, what was your first? What was your opening question you had that you my opening really... question to you actually was? Oh, you're not even looking in your notes. You got this memorized. I do. Well, I have two questions. You're like a pro. I try. I try. Uh, no, my question actually was, uh, when. Did you absolutely know you were a horror movie fan? <sighs> like, you know, it's like when when did it happen? Hmm. Was it something you saw in the theater? It was cable? A, it was video? the summer of eighty five. <laughs> I was a young man budding, coming into my prime. <laughs> it was a it was a hazy Thursday. Oh. No, I know wait, I like what, what's your what's your uh The first time I knew I was a horror fan, the very first time was Terms of Endearment. <sighs> yeah, that ending yeah. always gets me. Yeah. No. Uh it was the very first time I saw the movie Chud. Beneath the city of New York are living catacombs, an endless maze of subterranean tunnels, unfit for anything human, unauthorized for anything experimental. Hold it! They stop moving up ahead at the top! And unlikely to bring anyone down there. So, they're coming up. Chud. Chud. Check your basement and your bathroom. Keep off the street and try to hide. But remember, the dark is their place. The night is their time. And tomorrow, the only things living in the city of New York will be Chud. Chud. Cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dwellers. Chud. They're not staying down there anymore. I knew you were going to giggle. I knew you were going to laugh at me. <laughs> you know what I remember of Chud? Literally? The name? My, my, the only recollections I have of that film as a whole yeah. is the fact that even as a kid, I recognized that the, that the film was in the theater for a week and a half. Yeah. And all I remember is an exploding manhole cover and cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. There you go. That and- I saw that on uh, HBO when I was probably... When did that come out? That came out in 80... 80- I believe. I don't think so. 83, 84. No, I'm kidding. Of course you're right. <laughs> Between 83 and 84. Maybe 82. I'm not 100% sure on that one. Uh, but anyway, I saw it on HBO, and it was the first time I had ever seen anything horrific like that. I mean, I was only seven, eight years old, you know? And my father's in the in the living room, and it's on. And my father, he kind of hates that crap, but he left it on for some reason. I don't know. Maybe like Daniel Stern. I don't know. Uh-huh. But it's on, and my first memory, or the first scene I ever saw in that movie, was the manhole cover moving over, and then one of the, the chuds like coming out from under. And from that point on, I just remembered, it didn't, it didn't like really scare me all that much, but I just thought that that was the coolest thing ever. And, and I saw that the name of it was Chud, and I'm like, and then I found out what it stood for, and I was like, 
this is cool, you know. And and that's when I knew I was a horror fan. Now it's not a great movie to start with, but you know I think I've built on that somewhat. You know, I I think the true horror fans are the ones that don't start with a, a good film. Yeah. You hear all these people. The first film I ever saw was Dracula. I was in a theater. I was five. A tear came to my eyes as Lugosi walked down the stairs. I knew then and there that horror. That's crap. <laughs> No one starts off with perfection, and I don't even consider Dracula perfection. No. But no one starts off with the perfect films. Oh, after Amityville Horror, I was like, no, that's just the first famous one that everyone loves that you right. remember. That's not, you know, no one, no one's first film is great. Right. You know, we all grow I up mean, watching if I crap. told you the first movie I ever saw and loved and I became a horror fan was The Thing, you know, that would be like, wow, that's one of the best horror films ever made. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that it wouldn't be believable, but and I, I also, you shouldn't start at the top. I also think it's less impressive. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's less impressive. It's it's I I can't think of an analogy that's that's humorous. So I'm not going to. Don't. But it's it's like if you. I'm honest. But if you you know if I oh the first horror film I ever saw was one of the most widely respected horror films ever. So well, yeah, no wonder no wonder you like it. That's what the one film they all agree on. Yeah, but if you I mean, up, even hardcore critics agree that the thing is. Yeah, just but if your if your first one is Redneck Zombies and you say you know what this was complete crap, but damn it, I still liked it. I liked then, it. Then it you got know. me started. Yeah, then you know you're a fan. Yeah. Now I, I I'm somewhere in the middle, or I'm a little bit higher than you. Okay. Well, actually, it's twofold. The first film, horror film I saw ever saw that I liked, where I was really enamored by it, right. was Return of the Living Dead. Okay. Now, what year yeah. did that come out? 85. 85. So I saw it on video. So I probably saw it in 86. Probably. So I was, yeah, uh, Pops, so I was like stores. 12, 13. Uh, so, yeah. 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 For some reason, I thought it was younger. But that I saw that in the house on the same weekend. Oh, really? Then it was definitely 86 because House came out in 86. Right. So. so I saw both of them on video on the same weekend. And I, was, I, I just I loved it. And I don't think I'd ever really seen horror films or been scared to that extent. Between the two of them, House was your typical family-friendly horror film, but it had some, right. some good scares in it, right. and it was fun. And at the same time, Return of the Living Dead was so... It was camp, too, House, you know? Oh, yeah, it, it well, did not have camp. A bit, it, was it had a bit of the camp. I don't think so. it was going to camp. Yeah, come on. What, what, really? How do you find camp is, like, like over the top? House wasn't really over the top. It was it, it was humorous. You think House 2 well, was, that that's was camp. really camp. That's camp. You know. But Return of the Living Dead was the first one I saw where it was just um, disturbing. And yeah, dark, it, and it got, not a happy ending. It was, and, it was very real. And for some reason, I kept going back to that film. Yeah. I couldn't get an. I would watch it over and over again, and not just because of the great, new scene with Linnea Quigley. It's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, it's you're right. It's not at the top, but it is still a great movie. Right. Definitely. So, I mean, it's it's it's, a, it's at the top of my list of zombie films. Definitely the top five. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. But so that I, that's when I, I when I think back, that's when I started liking horror films really a, a lot. Right. But I think the, when I realized I was a horror film was when I went by myself to see Hellraiser in the theaters opening weekend. You saw that by yourself? In a theater. It's one of the few times I've ever seen a film. I, I've only seen two films by myself in a theater ever. Wow. Um, now, what year were you born again? You were born in 1973, right? I'm finishing a thought, sir. No. <laughs> Hellraiser, just get out of the way. Hellraiser was the, fir- and it was the first film I ever saw in the theater by myself. Okay. And the only other time was when I was on vacation in North Carolina by myself, and I saw Mission Impossible. The first one, one with Tom Cruise. Yes, ninety six. Okay. Yeah. Though they didn't make any other movies of that. It was that's based on a TV show. So, yeah, but yeah, so it would be Tom Cruise. No, I'm just. They never made one without Tom Cruise. Okay. But the first one, yeah. Yeah, ninety six. And that was that was that was one of those films when I realized I hated audiences too. Yeah. Because I'm by myself walking out, so I'm not talking to anybody, so I'm just hearing other conversations around me. And if you've seen Mission Impossible, it's not only very predictable, it's very easy to follow. And hearing the discussions between people, 
I don't understand. What was a knock list? What was, <laughs> what was that about the phones on the end? I don't get it. And you, this is what, and I, I think it clicked then. It's like well, this is what, this is the audience that they're catering to when they make films stupid. Well, you know what, too. I mean, not that I'm defending the audience. But what was with the phones? It's like, well, cell phones were kind of. New in '96, but maybe they, like five, six years old. But the film, not every, really? not 250 million people out of 300 million people in our country have one. You know, back then you might have had like two percent of the country that had a cell phone. But the film really explains. Yes. Yeah. No. 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 I understand that. Yeah. But I, I think when I went to see, I mean, I was a horror fan up to that point. I was really getting into horror. But just right. going to see Hellraiser opening weekend by myself. And watching it in the theater, I, I think it kind of clicks there. Where it's like, yeah, right. I, I'm here for the blood. That would have made you about 14 years old by yourself, right? Because uh, it came out in '87. You were born in '73, mm-hmm. so that would put you at 14. There's a couple. I think there's a couple years gap between those two events. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but that's that's. I think it clicked then. It's like, yeah, I'm here for the long run because I've just come by myself to a shitty theater to watch this film. Yeah, you know, I've only done that once. It's not horror related, right. so I won't. Even and then, by the way, when Hellraiser two came out, I dragged a party of five people to go see it. He says, "said you got to see this with me," and then spent the rest of the night apologizing immensely <laughs> for dragging them to see Hellraiser two. I said, "Honest guys, the first I, uh, one was great." I wasn't one of those people. No, so. it was with older gang of Metropolis yeah. comics. It wasn't. I wasn't one of those people. Yeah, so no, I don't was, hold it against you. That was not. That was not good. That was that was that was, that was I think was the first time I angered people with my decision in a film. Not the last, yeah. though. <laughs> no, not <laughs> far from the last. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, I from then on, I, that's when I started getting into trading movies and then right. doing the bootlegs and getting like the the video search of Miami yeah. tapes and uh, trading online. You were, one of, you were the first person in our group to own a laserdisc player. Yes, I was. Yeah, and that was back when you like actually get online for the first time and talk to people in the Midwest and you say, "Oh, I just got this laserdisc, you know, and, uh, of uh, this movie." Said, What's a laserdisc? It, it, it was it, laserdisc never caught on. I don't know why. I don't know what the marketing problem was, but it, well, only uh, what was it? One and a half percent of the country owned a laserdisc player. Um, it wasn't overly expensive either because I owned one. I was a teenager. A bass player was two ninety nine. Uh-huh. I remember that. Uh, of course, when it was first initialized in the late seventies, a player was two to three grand, as is anything. Right. First DVD players were the same price. Uh, Blu-ray players, same thing. But uh, when it finally kind of warmed up to the industry, you could buy a Laserdisc player for like three hundred bucks, two fifty, mm-hmm. you know. And it was like not crap players either. It was a Pioneers, you know. They were pretty much the ones that made all of them. But then you had other companies like Panasonic did a couple things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But um, it and movies, you didn't have to go and spend thirty five, forty, fifty dollars on a movie. You could go to your mom and pop stores. Uh there was a place in New York City that still exists that still sells old laser discs, which is called Kim's Video. Oh yeah, Kim's yeah. uh you know, in Saint Mark's. I ninety nine percent of my laser disc collection came from there and I paid not more than ten or twelve bucks for a movie. I, I remember walking the streets of New York with my Kim's video shopping bag yep. as a badge of honors. I just bought movies at Kim's that's right. The first That's right. <laughs> The, f- the first time, uh, not well, it wasn't the first time I went to Kim's. I had been going there a while, but it was the first time that I saw a movie in their shelf that I missed the boat on. I was j- I was literally a few seconds too late for, and it was Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Otis, plug it in. Did you really kill your mama? What? Did you really kill your mama? 
This guy was flipping through them, you know, like you would, like, because they're the size of albums. So he was flipping mm-hmm. through them, flipping through them, and there it is. And I was like, please, there's, there's, you don't want this one. You don't know what this one's about. And first thing, his eyes lit up. He took it out, walked directly to the counter, and I'm like, there's not going to be a second one. <laughs> <laughs> there's just, there's not going to be a second one. Damn, that would have been a good one. And thing. I think it was cheap, too. I think it was like 8 or $9. Oh, it eight. wasn't even one of the more expensive ones. I wouldn't mind owning that now just to own it. You know, um, just yeah, to, like yeah. to frame that on the wall. You know, yeah. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, really a very instrumental horror film yep. as far as the MPAA goes. And the whole battle for yeah. ratings with films. It was, wasn't it the first one to have an MC-17 rating? Uh, no, I think it went unrated. That's the one that they... they because that was the big argument for MC-17. Yeah. Because they, they, the whole argument was the whole X, X is... When you label X, the papers won't run it. So yeah. we need a new rating so the papers will run it. And of course, what happened was they gave them NC-17 and now papers won't run, won't run NC-17. Yeah. So no, it, that, 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 was, that didn't help anybody. Even to this day, NC-17, I mean, when a movie gets it, you know, it's it's not as shocking as today. So, some papers will will run NC seventeen now, but it's still really uh, suicide when it comes to advertising. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're a director, you don't want that rating because it's it, it feels like it's just instant death for your film. Yeah, if you don't know much about MPAA stuff, you want to learn more. There's a great documentary called "This Film Is Not Yet Rated." Yes, highly recommend it. Yeah. It, is, it is just amazing. I think it's also a Netflix streaming too. So if you have that and an Xbox. Uh, or just the Netflix box that you can stream with, I think you can get it instantly. Yeah, that film, there's a lot of misinformation out there about the MPA, and that film really covers a lot of it up, and it's entertaining, too. Yeah, yeah I wish they delved a little bit more into you know more films that it, you know, that got it. You know, They didn't go into uh, like the film Horror. I don't even think they mentioned Henry in that. They don't mention Henry in there. And that was, a big, and that was the big don't... thing, because I remember going, I was going to go see it. Right. Uh, I ended up not seeing it, because I had a... a biology lab that day and i couldn't miss it i had to dissect a frog that day oh um sorry to hear that. yeah sorry so so a couple of friends of mine were going that wednesday 
to see it at a theater in the city because it was only playing in three theaters that would play the NC-17 films. Yeah, no. The, you had to yeah, make a special trip. You, you had New York it. and L.A. for that stuff, and that was it. Right. So that was a big deal. So when it finally came out on video, it was a huge hit on video because no one got a chance to see it. It was right. word of mouth. Yeah. And that was a film where the MPAA had said, there's nothing you can do to cut this film. Cut every, all the violence out of it, we're still giving it an NC-17, uh, giving it an RX because it's yeah. just that... Disturbing, brutal. disturbingly and, brutal. You know, if you don't know about the story, it's about Henry Lee Lucas. Well, it's, it's based loosely based on. It's not it's actually him, but it, it's, no, no. But it is. It's basically the closest. Well, it's called Henry, so it's, it's probably still the closest you'll ever get to getting a real look at a serial killer. Yeah, which sounds kind of hammy and cheesy to say, considering how much television shows are, are dedicated in CSI and stuff now. But they're still they're still very. Yeah. Um, what's the word? Uh, sensationalized, kind of glitzy versions. And yeah. Henry's the first one. Everybody brought it, de- brought it down to a, a real basic, where it, it's not even entertaining. <laughs> you know? No, it, no, no, you're right. You know, he's no and, he's no Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I killed my mama. Well, you know what, what was interesting? You know, uh, Henry Lee Lucas. You know, uh, if anyone's read any like real true crime on him, um, he was a, you know an amazing liar. You know, he would always, he would say things like, uh, "Yeah, I murdered three hundred people." And then he would like kind of say under his breath, "It was more like a hundred. I, I think I you think, know he would do things like that. I think what it comes and, to, and they did that in the movie too. Oh yeah, you know. Well, well it, it even made it delusional too because that one scene where he's telling why, how he killed his mother. Exactly. And then at the end, of it, he's like, you know, he's like, yeah, I, I, I took a knife and I stabbed her because she had done this, and my father, and it, like, it keeps going on. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's why I shot her. Right. And the girl's like, like, I thought you said you stabbed her. Oh yeah, no, it was a baseball bat. No, you it was know, a baseball. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. right. It's just like the kind of like distant recollections. Yeah, the whole the life is just a, a walking dream at that point. Yeah. And also, I, I got to figure once you get to the point where you're you're decapitating prostitutes and disposing of the corpses in suitcases, right. lying is not that big of a deal. No, no. It's no. just should I tell Fib? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes the story sound good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he 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 had that whole thing where he uh, no his his partner in crime Otis right. had confessed to the killing of Adam Walsh. That's right, right. And then and, and then they later found out that it was Bull. Well, John Walsh still is still convinced he did it. No, they actually they found the the murderer when like a year ago, a year and a half ago. There was this whole news conference about it and everything. No, the whole news conference was about Otis. I was I was I thought uh, Otis just died recently and John Walsh was was upset because they never pursued it. He he wanted them to pursue it. No, I'm pretty sure that they found closure with that. Wow, I I, I got to look that up cuz cuz I know When I, we go to break, I'll make a point to look it up and when we come back, if I can find it, we'll talk about cause it. Cuz I know when that hit the news because I have a review online that really skewers John Walsh's book. Um what is it, what's it called? It's, it's, I'm not on, I don't, John Walsh's I'm not book on, on, on the whole thing about his, his son being killed, and I pretty right. much I gave it a horrible review because John Walsh is a complete asshat uh, who spent his entire career uh, commercializing and exploiting the death of his own son. So I don't care for the guy. And but my review, Pete, I got like a 200 hits on my review the day that news break out, broke out because people were doing searches for the book and they oh, came wow. across my review. Oh, wow. I actually had one complete psycho. Uh, really? That liked my review and linked me to his site. Oh, the stuff's great! You should read my page. And I go over to his page. It's like, well, oh my god, <laughs> these are the people that agree with me. What am I doing? <laughs> oh, I gotta stop writing reviews like this. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, but then it shows like how much horror films really are an integral part of yeah. society. I mean, well, it, actually, it doesn't really because we just kind of got sidetracked on the, on the serial killers and mass murders there. But, yeah, we did, and that's that's really the, the you know the, the the drinking hole, the watering hole for a lot of horror films. Yeah. 
Yeah, but yeah, that's that's really where our horror love began, I guess. I think so. I mean, definitely for me. Now, you do know? you find, I find, when I look back, the horror icons that I worshipped as a child, okay. I now hate. Or at least, or at least <sighs> yeah. strongly dislike. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's not their fault. <laughs> yes, it is. No, well, <laughs> the horror icons have just been twisted you no. know, in such a way no. that you just you don't care anymore. No. No, 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 no. Mean, I'm I, sorry. I'm sorry. There's a confusion here. Okay. You're, you're, you're thinking of, like, characters. I'm talking about filmmakers. Fine. Yes. That's I, our difference. Yeah, okay. I do agree with you with yeah. that. Yes. I mean, you know, you know, the only way someone would say, yeah, I hate the Freddy movies is because they've made 12 of them. And, yeah, no. you know, and the Jason films, and they did the reboot, you know, for the last one. And it stunk. But it made a lot of money on nostalgia alone, and they're greenlighting. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth Part Two in 3D for next February 2010. No, I. No, I'm I, sorry. It is this coming August 2010. Right. So they're, what they're doing is, I think they're going to battle against Rob Zombie's The Blob because he always releases his movie in uh, in August too, mm-hmm. as well. I should say. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I still have a soft spot for Freddy and Jason. You grew up with them. You got to have a soft can't, spot. You can't not. So. No, what I'm saying is like George Romero, Hack, Dario Argento. Became a hack. No, he, he was always. Dario Argento is a brilliant director. And when he a doesn't hack, write his and own a hack, stuff. And a hack screenwriter, correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, oh, you know who's in his new one? Well, his last You one, did mention it to me, and I can never remember. I, oh, I told you the name was Giallo. Giallo. But guess who's starring in it? Adrian Brody. Really? I, saw, I saw a movie poster yesterday. Now, uh, or, it, or uh, yeah. is this made for here? Or is it made there, going to be brought here? It's probably going to be made there to be brought here. I, I, he doesn't really do films for American audiences. As far as I know. Now, well, the thing is, I mean, Adrian Brody is... Not that I'm not saying he's not an easy guy to get to be in your film, uh-huh. but... He's got to cost something unless he wants to be in it. Won an Oscar, yeah. and just about everything he's been in was excellent. Loved the jacket. Has he been, has he, has he been getting a lot of phone calls since King Kong? <laughs> uh, I don't think I've... I don't think I've seen him since King Kong. I haven't Kong. looked, but I haven't seen him in anything since King Kong. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I don't think that he's was, been that racing was, screen. That was four years ago. It's it's four years, not long enough. Clyde Barker's another one. I, 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 I worshipped Clyde Barker as a kid, and I, and, I, and yeah. now I'm like, well, yeah, he's, he's a good writer, and some of his old stuff. Like the new film that's came out of his, Midnight Meat Train. Well, it's not new, but it came out like well, a year and a year half ago. ago. Well, it's the newest one, except... Uh, I liked it. I liked well, it. Well, it was based on his short story. It's based on one of his first short stories. We're, yeah. we're talking Books of Blood 1, 2, and 3. Right. I forget which one. I but think that's... he was like executive producer or producer on it, but... Yeah. You know. But, I mean... His I, name was attached. I remember flipping out for, like, Rawhead Rex when I finally got that on video. and Give, give me a... give me a One of the first movies I ever saw on Sci-Fi Channel when I finally got it. Give me a pagan god that rises from the dead, masturbates... I like a like a priest's walls, and then gets killed, bludgeoned to death by a phallic symbol. That's a fun movie. <laughs> you know, he's got the teeth. Right, he bites. He, yeah, he, I think he bit a priest's head off. It's been a while since I saw it. No, I think you're right. But I was. I mean, that's just good. <laughs> good. I remember it vividly. Yeah, and then, you know, and but Hellraiser was really great. Right. And but you know, and then like this later stuff and everything else. Like, oh, I get it. It's a metaphor for being gay. Uh, and most of I rather I rather just have a gay film than a metaphor horror gay film. Really, uh, you know, I, I'll I'll watch. Sure. Yeah, I just don't stop. Don't hide it. Just just do it. Just give me the gay horror film. Well, the problem is it probably wouldn't test well. And why not? No, I think gay stuff tests very well right now. No, well, no, no, no. I'm just saying if you hide it, it'll test better. 
If you, uh, I don't know. Because a lot, a lot of people won't get the metaphor. I'm just, I'm just tired uh, of watching. You know, for it. I'm, I do, and I'm just tired of watching every, every, reading everything he does, watching everything he does, and go, oh, I get it. It's a metaphor for liking guys. Or women. Or what? But he's, he's gay, not well, lesbian, yes. so he usually takes that angle. Yeah. Don't be hating. No. I, I, actually, that's kind of ironic, too, because la- the last yesterday, last night, we did yeah. a uh, panel, a speaking panel at the Paramus Library, along with Robert Schneck, author of The President's Vampire. Very good book. Which I highly recommend. You can get on Amazon. Uh, we, you know, let's put a link to that on Movie Sucktastic. Sure. I'll, I'll give you an Amazon link for that. Okay. Uh, to, uh, like Monday or Tuesday. That's fine. So we'll get that up. So go, go to moviesucktastic.com once you hear this, and there's a link for Robert Schneck's books, The President's Vampire uh for purchase on Amazon, and that he's currently in negotiations to get part of that made into a film. Wow, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, yeah, he's currently in the negotiation. Yeah, he's trying to get that done. They're, they're interested in buying the, the rights from him. Uh, very cool. Yeah, it's very cool, and he's 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 got a lot of stuff on his. I mean, vampire is the hot topic right now. So, well, it's not the one. I, I think the part they want isn't the vampire part. Oh, really? Because the book's a collection of his historical accounts of uh, you know, like Fortiana and Bizarre, right? Uh, supernatural events too, so I think it's something else that's a bit more supernatural. And I think now that paranormal activity's taken off, yeah, he's pro- oh. he's probably in a great negotiation deal right now. So all the best to him. He's got he's a lot on his plate right now. He's working on a new book, but check out President's Vampire when you do that. But we we were on a panel with him Last and night. Joey and I uh, introducing Fright Night for a, a of a crowd of a, a two dozen people. Yeah, and it was a pretty decent crowd. Uh, you know. Yeah. There was enough people there. It was a fun event. We had we, uh, the video will be up soon. We spent a half an hour talking uh, with questions given by what's his name, the Matthew guy, Mitchell. Matthew Mitchell, great great uh, presenter there. Great crash questions. Yep. But we were introducing Fright Night, and one of the things we really didn't get into during the half hour panel discussion was that Fright Night since then has had a, has been read. It's been read into it to have a lot of homosexual overtones. Oh yeah. Right, and and considering that at least two of the cast members were gay, Roddy McDowell and. Uh, Marcy Darcy from oh Amanda Beers, Amanda Beers, yeah, right. she, Sorry, she, she would, yeah, was now a very prominent spokesperson for uh, gay and lesbians. Yeah, uh, very you know very active in that role. Yep, and great as Marcy on Married to Children. She even directed a bunch of those episodes. Yes, she did. The end of the oh yeah, the, the well, show's yeah, yeah. Life. that was like her pretty much her career at that point. Yeah, but there's a lot of homos. Yeah, but then like vampires. Anytime you have vampires, where there's like more than one guy in the scene, yeah, there's always like oh it's homosexual undertones, but it happens. So I, I, I'm, I'm fine with that in films, and I'm fine when it comes out. But when one, one person just keeps doing the same thing over and over again, like you know, when Romero over and over again keeps trying to inject morality into his films that doesn't work, or when Argento over and over again keeps trying to actually write, it just gets old, you know. Yeah. And and when he blatantly plagiarizes too, that's always kind of a sore spot with yeah, me, that, you know. That, yeah, definitely. Which you can read about in Monster Rally, which is also available from Amazon.com, yes, also linkable on MovieStuckTastic.com. I've got all the plugs in right now. Also very good. Yes, obviously. Obviously. Um, where were we? We were homosexuals. Uh, Clyde Barker. Oh yeah, no old icons, <laughs> old horror icons. That's why I wanted to do horror in this loose because I know we're going to keep going. Yeah. So where were we? Oh, we were talking about poodles. Well, I like poodles, and the sweaters they wear are nice and too. And if you shave them, they're pretty horrifying. Uh, yeah. What's that kind of pudding I like? You know, it's just it's going to keep going. Tapoka. Tapoka. <laughs> I like food that looks like it's already been eaten. <laughs> And that's the right one. Yes, uh, but anyway, horror icons. You were saying no. I, I just find it funny that okay. I find it funny when I look back at all the all the kind of filmmakers, even some of the films I loved as a kid, and I go back now. So what was I thinking? But at the same time, 
there are still films I saw back then that were bad, and mm-hmm. I loved them, and I know they're bad now. I still love them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. So yeah. I, I, th- I find yeah. that interesting. It's like a weird, because it's an evolution, but it's not just a straight evolution to, that was bad, now this is good. Right. But it kind of crosses. Like you're, you're willing to give up some things, but other things you just have to hang on to. Yeah. You know, I don't have a horror film off the top of my head that I can say that about, but maybe like Peter Jackson's Bad Taste classic classic i love that film and i you know i don't cheesy effects whatever goofy comedy it's still a great movie that's the horrible example i'm trying to think of a horror film that was bad that i liked and even now when i know it's bad i still can't draw you know draw myself away from it but you know what yeah uh when it comes down to it sometimes you just can't think of it you know yeah like toxic toxic avenger maybe comes close sure uh yeah i, I would think that was a good candidate yeah i mean you could look at my back wall i mean i got, I got more i'm sure you do yeah uh, you do Wait, you don't. I gotta. <laughs> you do not have more. Um. So, uh, what else would you want to talk about? Or want to take a quick break? Uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll we'll con- reconvene. Yeah, you check that. Uh, and I will check. Uh, what I will fact do check is, me on that. I, I will fact check you on that, and I will check to see if uh, the numbers are out for uh, the top ten. All right, we'll take a five minute break. We'll be back uh, with Joey and Scott at Movie Sucktastic. All right. For uh, twenty seven years, we've been asking. Who could take a six-year-old boy and murder him and decapitate him? Who? We needed to know. We needed to know. And uh, today we know. The not knowing has been a torture, but uh, that journey's over. And... uh, a lot of horrible memories in this police department looking for that little boy and now I think it's uh, it's only fitting that it ends here in this police department and Reve and I have had some very very rough, rough and rough, rocky times but uh, you always never lost focus of who the real victim was. You never lost focus. You never didn't drive this train, Reve. That that little boy was the real victim. And we're back. That was a pleasant and well-rested break. Yep. I feel refreshed, renewed, and invigorated. I did some fact-checking for us. And anybody listening here for the first time, this is how it works. I, I am the pompous blowhard who just spouts uh, my, my opinions, and then Joey here backs me up with facts so I don't look like a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you don't ever really do, but facts... Not compl- complete, no. No, 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 never, ever. Not complete. But uh, facts do help. Now, before the break, we were talking about Adam Walsh and... Asshat. No, that's John Walsh. Oh, John Walsh. Walsh. Sorry, no, no. The no, poor kid. I have nothing Come wrong with... I'm man. sorry, you're right. I have nothing wrong with Adam Walsh. It's John Walsh I have I mean, a problem with. you just said he was decapitated, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you just said put asshat in the same sentence. I was a mistake. That. Okay. I apologize. I get, I meant, I get I meant visions the, of Con Air. You know, I get their names mixed up, too, because whenever you talk about John Walsh, you talk about Adam Walsh. Yes. Okay, yeah, but, so... You know. No, I get visions of Con Air and Steve Buscemi's line from there, which... I once I once drove for five states wearing this girl's head as a hat. Mmm... <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, dude, uh, you just don't make friends with Cyrus the virus. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, 
you know, it doesn't pain me to say this because I always admit when I'm wrong or if I don't have my facts the right way. But Scott was correct in saying that Otis Tool was the the, the killer of no, Adam Walsh. No. Well, no. What we were talking about was that I had said that they had closed the case and that, you know, it was it was done deal and all that and it made, you know, publicity on TV and, and news conferences and all that. And he said Otis Tool and I said, No, nah, I thought it was somebody else. No, what, I, what I'm just all I'm disagreeing with you is, is is that it's not the, the the hard fact is not that Otis was responsible for Adam Walsh's death. Right. Is that the police have closed the case and are saying that all Otis was responsible for the death. John Walsh became really obsessed with this idea of Otis doing it because Otis confessed to it supposedly. Uh, never led them to find the corpse. Eventually died, which and he did that a lot to try to to to, uh, to keep police happy. He would always make up, oh, I can show you where the bodies are because he always knew there were cl- open cases they wanted to close. Right. So he was always happy to string them along. And sometimes he would show them the bodies. Sometimes they wouldn't. He he pretty much bamboozled Walsh, who was at this point desperate to, to find any kind of closure. Yeah. And so Walsh bought into it. The cops didn't. They never investigated it while, while Otis was alive. Walsh has been famous for criticizing the police, and in a lot of the cases, rightfully so. I'm not backing the police on what they on how they investigated Adam Walsh's disappearance in the beginning. He was really right on, on his criticism strongly. And I always find it funny that for someone who really came out and knocked the police for doing a piss-poor job, ended up being like a buddy-buddy with the cops with his America's Most Wanted show. Right. Very, It was a very weird kind of uh, symbiotic relationship. So what happened is now Otis is dead for a year, and then the cops just, okay, let's close the file. So they went ahead and closed it. And like they gave everybody closure. It's not hurting anybody, but I'm not convinced Otis did it. Right. I think he just made it up because it was a high-profile case. And what are the odds of a high-profile killer was involved in a high-profile case? And they only found out yeah. years after the fact. Yeah. No, okay. But no, I don't like I don't like John Walsh, and, and, I, and I think the, the, uh, his wife was partially responsible for the kid's death. Oh, my God. Well, where did that come You can from? read about it in my review, uh, which, you, which you can get a link to the review on moviesucktastic.com. We'll, we'll point that to it, too. All right, it's we'll all in the book. It's, okay. all, it's really all in the book, and even though he wrote it in defense of himself, you can read between the lines and, like, this is bullshit. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever read that by you. You know what? I know I haven't. I used so to I, have... I definitely... I'll, I, I had a paperback copy. I will, I, will, I will reward handsomely if anybody ever comes across my, my paperback copy of John Walsh's Tears of Rage, which I wrote notes in the margins... And I traded it in a book swap. And to this day, I'm killing myself. I mean, most of the notes I made are in my review. Right. But I just some of the notes I made were just genius, and I will I will pay handsomely if you find a if you find a copy, a paperback copy of Adam Walsh's Tears of Rage with my notes in the margins. Contact me, and I want that book back. You should know our email address. No, I don't. Tell it's us the movie guys at moviesucktastic.com. Okay, yeah, that's live, so you can email us for that. Suggestions for the show too. Yep. Anything along those lines. That's yeah, out of the and, way. And there, there are other ways to contact us too. It's all it's in the about section. Carrier pigeon, yeah, that works. Uh, Ouija board, sure. There's a delay on that though. There is a delay, so we don't get your message right away if you contact us through the spiritual plane. Yeah, no, but we will get them at some yeah. point. And sometimes it's backwards though. It's hard. Yeah. So you you, you just got you got the weekend from. estimates, didn't you? I just got the weekend estimates. Uh, my usual source, boxofficemojo.com, did not have them. I had to go somewhere else. So someone else is going to get a plug for this, and that's boxoffice.com. And, uh, <laughs> More box office, less mojo. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know what? These numbers, they, they fooled me. I mean, I was right in the fact that Paranormal Activity was going to be the number one movie. Right. But because it... Because it did so well. It's, it, was, it was spread amongst two movies, which is Paranormal Activity and Saw 6. Right. And the thing of it is... 
if Saw 6 wasn't coming out, Paranormal Activity would have taken all of Saw's money, and it probably would have been in the 30 to $40 million range. Mm-hmm. But even though Paranormal Activity was the clear-cut winner with uh, 19 I'm sorry, $21.5 million over the three-day weekend. Right. Uh, estimate, obviously. Uh, Word it, of mouth is just carrying that film yeah, it did remarkably. It, it did it over 1,945 screens. Whereas Saw 6 is doing it over, I believe, between 2,500 and 3,000. I know it's more than Paranormal Activity. Mm-hmm. It made less money. It was the number two movie at 19.5 million. Right. So that's a big deal. It is, but I honestly, it Saw has never been up against a comparable never. hit during Halloween. It never has. No one even tries releasing horror films on Halloween well, against what's, Saw. What's Saw's slogan? If it's Halloween, it must be Saw. Right. And I think you Saw know? goofed by not releasing it Halloween weekend. I don't know why they didn't do that. I don't know either, and they got nailed for it because if they had given it another weekend for paranormal, you know what to take I over, think? I, one more weekend of paranormal, just getting it out of their system, Saw would have done closer to thirty million. I, I get the feeling that they had this date set in stone. Advertising was done for it and everything. Not even Paramount thought that it was going to be the movie it was because the movie's been made for. Over two years now. Nobody foresaw the gigantic effect that watching a day trader being constantly harassed by spirits would have upon the American psyche. <laughs> that, and actually, think about that, too. The top two films in the... Topical. Very. very not only very topical, but all anti-corporate. And, well, I mean, uh, paranormal activity less so because it's... it's not, it came out two years ago when that kind of just was starting. But what bubbling, I'm saying, what I'm saying you know, is in paranormal activity, it's not really part of the plot. It's just that his, his character's... Uh, day job, right. and it's just knowing that makes you feel better about all the bad things that happen. Right. So it, it's not really meant to be. Did where, they say where the film took place? Because I haven't seen it yet. Uh, they do. Was it, was it Phoenix? They did, and I forget. Please. I, I have Phoenix? no idea. I have no idea. They did, and I forget. I, <laughs> okay. I, I ignore that kind of stuff. I just watch the film. Oh, by the way, uh, if you go to the... I did a one-minute one review outside the movie theater after I saw Paranormal Activity. It was two minutes. Uh, or, yeah, it was a very short review, just saying how good it was, because you know, bad reviews take longer. And it's on YouTube now, and it's getting some some hits, and it's not a big thing. It's, so. uh, it's probably. Um, I got one response. It's getting the most hits out of all. Yeah, of our you, stuff. you can see you can see it on moviesucktastic.com, along with our our video review of Saw Six, which we recorded in the car afterwards. Uh, we're trying to do on the spot reviews. Soon we'll be doing them in the theater while the people are cleaning up popcorn and stuff. Sure. Uh, until they kick us fun. out. Um, but if you're one of these people who, for some reason, have it in your head that paranormal activity. It, is is actually a documentary or actually based on real events? Seek help. Get your guardians to have a tighter control on you. Start taking your medication again, yep. or just just kill yourself. Because <laughs> we don't need people this stupid walking around the earth making posts on YouTube. So, How do you know it's not real? Please stop it. I, it, it hurts. Yeah. Blair Witch I can almost understand because they actually advertised it as true. Like they had the websites a year before. It's like this is what the events that happened. So if you weren't used to that kind of thing, you could get suckered into it. They never advertised the film as real. The no. film plays as real because it's supposed to, but they never ad- all films play as real. You know why? Because it's that's it's why, a movie. that's what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be watching real events. I love your line from your instant review about uh, how it like was- Ghost Hunters purely fictional. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and actually more because be- I hate that goddamn more be- show. More believable, I bet it is. Yeah, much more believable. Uh, so really, the top two films for for once in a while, the top two films on the list, go see them. 
Um, and where the, where the wild things are is being a, is a huge disappointment for these people. Hundred million dollar, you know, production budget. They've and they've made half of that back in the first two weeks. Well, it'll make its money between that foreign DVD but cable. They, but they weren't looking to make their money back. This is the biggest. No, they were looking. This is no. the biggest kids book ever. Yeah, they were looking for twenty years now. They've been trying. They've been talking about making a movie out of it to have it go through Halloween for kind of like the Halloween crowd, and then through Thanksgiving. To pull all of the, those people in as well. Huge mistake. That's a, that's a Thanksgiving film if I've ever seen one. That yeah. is a family Thanksgiving film. That is well, Jack, that is Epic Nacillo, Jack and the Beanstalk right there. That is March of the Wooden Soldiers. Well, Where the Wild Things Are. Yeah. yeah. No, that is I a agree. Thanksgiving film in its purest form. Yeah. If Mars Attacks can come out on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. And actually, you know, one of our family fu- future podcasts uh, is going to be a Thanksgiving podcast, and it's going to be films released over the years at Thanksgiving. So please, uh, it might be episode six, probably episode six. S- around six, yeah. Yeah, like, either six or seven. That's going to be a good um, one. It's going to be great. And you know what's interesting about that list what? that I pulled together? I did it over 30 years. Uh-huh. There are... Th- there's hundreds of movies that have come out at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I mean, some are wide, some were... Uh, you know, like very little films, right. but you definitely see the crossover of when it becomes profitable to release these movies on Thanksgiving. Like in the beginning, like they used to dump it there. It's like, oh, no one's going to see a movie on Thanksgiving. 1979, I mean, through like the beginning, the one because I, I went back to seventy nine. I went over thirty ba- years back when we were more uh, family oriented as a country, right. and less uh, commercial driven as a country. Exactly. Well, that's, that's social political. I'm not going to get into that. Yeah, I mean, you see that. You know, like maybe three, four movies came out at Thanksgiving. Then maybe another three, four the next year, mm-hmm. and then at some point, you get you know. 10, 12 movies coming out all at Thanksgiving trying to take in, right. uh, like, the, you know, the Thanksgiving, you know, money. And I think even with little films, not even, like, the large release ones, you could get as many as, like, 25 movies in a weekend. Yeah, definitely. You know, or, I mean, in a month, I should say. So I want to jump thing. I want to get things going now. i like to introduce a new segment to Movie Sucktastic okay. called Cinematic Confessional. Repent, and thou shalt be saved. So welcome to the first installment of Cinematic Confessional. This is where Joey or myself will confess a great sin we have perpetrated against ourselves or the, the movie going public as a whole. Uh, this is this is this is time for bearing souls. This is this is I, well, I'm starting this off with something I don't think I've ever admitted to anybody. Really? Anybody? Whoa! This is gonna start, be good. Start looking your chops. You know now, what? Yeah. Now, I can't wait for this. I'm Scott and. This is my first confessional. Okay. It's been, uh, I've never confessed before. This is my first cinematic confessional. Uh, I hope you beg forgiveness. And, um, back in 1990, I was, uh, what was I, 17? 16, 17, a young, a young, Something, yeah. a young strapping lad, old enough for urges, but young enough not to rent porn. <laughs> and, uh, I was, um, I was tempted. I was tempted as a young man. Okay. Uh, I, this is in the time period. I'm listening myself now. Like a lot of, a lot, a lot of young men, I, I, I found a lot of my sexual awakening through um, film. Okay. Um, I, I can tell you right now that one of the first films that sexually aroused me as a young boy was Kentucky Fried Movie. <laughs> Who it was the the? Me, uh, me as well. Ca- I mean, how could it not? Catholic schoolgirls in trouble oh. was the favorite part of my favorite part of that film for me for quite a few years. 
So, so sometimes when I mean, and they market they market horror films like this for a reason because it's true. Okay. Some 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 younger men do rent horror films a lot just for carnal pleasure and and needs. So, I rented a film. Oh, I think it was the summer of nineteen. Yeah, I think it was the summer. I don't remember being cold. It was the summer of nineteen ninety. You were cold after a, you watched it. <laughs> a young man of seventeen. I was still in high school, I believe. Yes, I had to have been. And it's uh, this new video, direct to video, came out, and I I I was tempted. I, I gave in the temptation. Okay. I rented this video, and I watched it. And I I have since not told anyone that I remember. So. Um, you said you have a guess. I do have a guess because it's the only thing. It's one of the films I saw around the same time period. But see, the fact that you keep calling it a film makes me think you don't have it. No, I'm, I probably don't because you've told me about this movie uh, on one, at least one occasion. What was it? It's not necromantic, is it? Oh no! Oh, okay. No, no, no! Believe me, necromantic scarred me to the pit of my soul. <laughs> okay. Oh, necromantic. Because we've talked about necromantic. Now, my, my cinematic convention for Necromantic would be the fact that I made other people watch it. <laughs> I, I do remember lending Necromantic. If you haven't seen Necromantic, don't. Yeah, uh, please. It, it's, it's, just... it's, it's, it's not a great film. It's not a bad film, but it will scar you for life. Uh, and I don't know. But these days, kids may be jaded. But, um, yeah, he's kids today. But I remember rent, uh, lending it or recommending it to um, Christopher Biskevich. Uh, Biscowicz. Yeah, Bisco- you'll hear us refer Bisco- to somebody's uh, name Bujna or Poppyfish every once in a while. Yeah. That's our buddy Chris. I meant to get a printout of his face to show, but uh, we'll do that later. Anyway, we should put his picture on the on the website to piss him off. Okay. Yeah, do that. We'll right. do, do that done too. Make a note. Um, I, I remember getting a call at like at ten o'clock at night. I say, "You bastard! <laughs> would you? Would you? Would you be witches for? <laughs> like the ending, didn't you? Dim it." Oh, you know what I remember about that yeah, the film? Same reaction to Miracle Mile. I remember. Oh, Miracle. <laughs> oh, just nothing but like watching the credits roll, then just staring at a blank television screen for half an hour. So, oh, <laughs> that's one of the that's one of the most depressing films I've ever seen in my life, and I love it. Oh yeah. But Necromantic, I, I, I distinctly remember I'm watching it, and while I'm watching it, I'm saying, yeah, you know what? I've read about this somewhere. It's nagging me. It's nagging me to back of my skull. I've read about this somewhere, and there's something about the ending. And I can't figure it out. I can't place it. I can't remember it. And then just as the ending comes up and this guy reaches right. to his left and suddenly what, ha- what, ha- what happened was, you know how your brain will sometimes block out things that you shouldn't know or remember? Yeah. This had happened to me from after I read the article. This article had given away the ending. And oh, so that. so he leans over and I go, and, and it dawns on me. I go, oh, wait a minute. I remember re- how this ends. I don't want to see this. <laughs> <laughs> and I reach for the remote control, and it's too late. The end has come, and and from that point, burned into my psyche. It'll Jeez. never be gone. But no, this is not my confessional. What is it? I rented a, a little film, known. Well, I gotta call. I call it film loosely, but it was known as uh, Linnea Quigley's Horror Workout. <laughs> yes, yeah, so la- laugh, laugh at me. Yes. Oh my god. I had heard about it. I think Fangoria had written up an article on it, how Linnea and a, and a bunch of other scream queens would get together for a night of of uh, slumber parties, physical workouts. We were just talking about her in one of the last podcasts. because It was the remake one, because uh, we, we mentioned... Uh, I just mentioned her 15 minutes ago. We were talking about Return of the Living Dead, because she had a nude scene in that. 
Right, and yeah, we were. She was also in Night of the Demons, and we were talking about how they were doing the remake for that, which has been pushed. It was supposed to come out for Halloween, and you know what? Paranormal Activity, uh, Saw Six, uh, even that stupid vampire assistant movie. Oh, it. You know it, which actually um, is the number six movie at six point five million. So hopefully they'll stop making films like that. Uh, you know, you can't make everything that has the word vampire into it uh, in it into a movie and expect it to be Twilight. It's just not going to happen. You really can. Well, they can try. Yeah, they can but, try. But, you know, when they get numbers like six and a half million mm-hmm. uh, for its entire weekend, not even for the Friday take, yeah. You know what? They're going to think twice about making The Vampire's Assistant, uh, you know, again, or part two. Um, now, Linnea Quigley's horror workout... Was written and dir- was written and directed by Kevin Ke- Kenneth J Hall. So is this is like a movie with a workout? In um, it? It, I mean, it, I've never it, seen he, this. He's directed f- uh, four other films: uh, Evil Spawn. Uh, it's all crap, and he wrote a bunch of other films. Um, and but the, is this like a real like workout? I'm getting video? to it. He did. He 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 wrote Doctor Alien, and uh, the Tomb. Oh my God, <laughs> he he did the screenwriting for the Tomb. Which is this the one I'm thinking of? Probably. Oh my God! This is the remake of the? Uh, no, this is a different tomb. All right, no, this isn't, this isn't the tomb based on the uh, the book by uh, F. Paul Wilson. Um, no, he's done nothing but crap. The guy, the guy's he's a bane on the existence of the world. Uh, he's done nothing but crap. He he did special effects for Carnosaur. Okay. All right. Oh, and he did special effects for Critters and Ghoulies too. I guess is how he got his start in the film industry. Not even the original Ghoulies. No, Ghoulies Crit- two. Ghoulies two. Ghoulies two, which I thought was a faster. Pr- no, I didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> I remember seeing. Ghoulies anyway, the basic plot. Crit- now, there's nothing about this video on IMDb or sites. You know, it's not really something anybody wants to remember. I blocked it for years. Um, you don't still have a copy. No, I. <laughs> that would be another confessional. No, I don't. Um, I, I would, I would guess it's not on DVD. I would, yeah. I mean, if, if you're anybody on IMDb, so if it is, actually, it would say at the top. No, it's not. I'm not no. even looking. It's okay. not. Uh, but basically, the plot is Linnea Quigley gets together with some... i got actresses Jane Holzer, Amy Hunt, Victoria Nesbitt, uh, Christina Seeley, and uh, that's... I don't recognize any of these names. And basically, they, they come over to Linnea's, and they, they uh, do some exercising workout, uh, scantily clad, and then they uh, have a slumber party. And then later on, the uh, zombies attack, and then they do some exercises with the zombies. It's it's a workout video, is what it is, with a loose plot around the workout. Wow! And um, I, I I purchased this solely solely to to pleasure myself too. You did own this at one point. Yes, I did. I'm I'm, I'm as a young boy, I I will confess now that I probably masturbation was probably in the top three things in my mind when I rented this video. <laughs> probably two of the top three. Yeah. Now I remember wow. taking it home and watching it. Yeah. And, and I remember being be, being shamed, just because, first of all, it's not as what you'd want it to be. No. And and the fact that I wanted to be that just made me shame me even more. <laughs> it, it's it's on several levels that I'm really ashamed I ever saw this film, let alone rented it and watched it. I'm not going to be able to find a trailer for this to you know. You s- might slice into the dude. The, you might. Yeah. You you might. Uh, it was, but I'm going to do a little little homework. I, I really got. I'm going to shoot. For the stars to get a trailer to embed into our uh, our uh, opening. I'm montage. sure you'd have no problem getting a copy of it eventually. I'm sure some Linnea Quigley. I'm not going to go there. that. I'm listen. I'm not going to get a copy just for our you know uh, uh, audio montage. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So but. so that that's my confessional, sir. That is a uh, 
Wow. That is my transgression upon upon the uh, the entertainment industry as a whole. You must watch four good horror films, and uh, that's it. Four good horror films. That's a, that's a pleasure, though. I thought it was supposed to be a punishment. No, you're repenting. Yeah, but I thought repenting was supposed to be a hard process. It's not fun to say Hail Marys, is it? No. That's well, not... I, okay. I, 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 don't know. I know where you're going with it. All right. I, that's fine. I'm not going. I'm not, only where I'm going is with pure shame on this. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Watch. But, but why would watching you know bad horror films, you know that, that you already did with this one is terrible. Uh, dude, I'll go further. The whole movie's on YouTube. You got to be kidding. No. Someone's got seen part one, part two. Someone, that will be on the site. Uh, I will make sure that, that makes it into the site. Oh my god, it's it's here. It's it's here in all its horrible glory. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Unofficial hey. trailer. Somebody actually did a fake trailer to this movie. <laughs> Someone made an unofficial trailer to Lynette Quigley's horror workout. Wow. These are the kind of people we and can how many, sort with. How, how many hits do you, do you have on this alone? Oh, not two hundred forty-five hits of that. Nothing. A couple quick things here. Um, Linnea Quigley did marry for a couple of years to a special effects artist. By the name of I had I just had it well, here. Well, I mean, how could she not? She uh, of Steve indirect, Johnson. Well, you know, when, indirect contact with them all when, when the time. When you got guys that are like pasting prosthetics to your breasts every all day, you grow an attachment, I guess. Um, I he actually did work with her on um, Night of the Demon. Really? And he also did special effects on Fright Night, which brings us full circle. Wow. Yes. And any which way but loose, uh, Sandra Locke is Clint Eastwood's uh, That's paramour funny. and, and, and co-star for like how many goddamn 15, years was she in every film? 20 years. I just watched Bronco Billy the other day. And she's in it. And she's in it. And yeah. then she's in she's in Gaunt, The Gauntlet and she's in like at least a couple of Dirty Harrys. And is she in Tightrope? There were, uh, you know what? I think she was in just about the every... At the end, right? Yeah, she was in just about every movie uh, except for the last Dirty Harry movie, um, which came out in 1988, which was the, curb or... the Deadpool. I think that's when he stopped seeing her. What else we got as far as horror films? Or do you want to take a quick break after this let's take a quick Let's take a quick break. and uh, go take a cold shower. Yeah, that uh, sounds good. All right, no, together? It will yep. save time. Yeah, it will. All right, bread back. How do you stay in shape? Well, I eat right, I get plenty of sleep. And most important, exercise. What a day! Be gone! Hear me, demons! I exercise. Blow it out, your ass! You mean that guy comes over the cross and does that every day? Not that kind of exercise. This kind! We're now back with Movie Sucktastic horror film theme. That's right. Uh, now, I got a question for you, Joey. Um, All right. You got any favorite horror film memories? Favorite horror film memory. Like here's an example for you off the top of my head. It's okay. not. It's kind of a horror film, but it's not. The movie Seven. Okay. I took a first date to see that film. You did. Yes. I remember that. Yeah, and I'm and I didn't realize how harsh that movie was gonna be. I probably should have because I, I knew a little bit about the film. But I'm, I remember sitting there in the theater on a first date, the girl sitting next to me, and watching the scene where the guy's crying because he just. Uh, 
he he just fucked a girl to death with a bladed dildo, and I'm just thinking, you know, <laughs> I'm not getting a kiss tonight, <laughs> let alone a, a, even like a look in the eyes. Yeah, this you is probably... going to be a this is going to be a quiet drive home. Yeah, you you walked out of there and then drove out of there. Yeah, I just yeah no, that was a bad call on my part. It really was. Yeah, see, I took friends. You know, me and a bunch of it was uh, it was me, Gerard, it was Chris. We all went, and uh, even uh, Gerard's little brother, Mike, we all went to go see that Mikey together. Mikey Fats. That's right. And we all went to go see that. And we walked out um, very differently than you did, my friend. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> did you see that part? That yeah. part was great. <laughs> and yeah. then you walked out of there, you're like, yeah, no, this, this, why did I do this? Yeah, I couldn't really walk out and say, did you like that part? <laughs> Which part exactly did you like? You well, know, the dildo fucking knife part. Or was it, or was the part where the, where the, where the woman's, I can't want, I, I still don't want to ruin the end of that film. <laughs> What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the I box? I mean, and, and again, that's like what we say. It's like, you know, the movie is, what, it's 14 years old at this point? It still holds up. Definitely still holds up. But my favorite is, uh, and, you, and and this is gonna this is gonna sound wrong, you know. It had to do with my wife. I took her to go see the Blair Witch Project. I specifically remember doing this. <laughs> I've got a memory for this too. After you, do you? Yeah. Okay. I, I specifically remember doing this. Uh, and we had gone out. It was you and I. It was Chuck and his wife. Okay. And <laughs> I, I specifically remember going to Pizzeria Uno first. And you yes! guys yes! Tra- <laughs> trying to talk me into seeing the Blair Witch. Right. And I specifically remember this because my wife was in Italy uh, for a two-week vacation. And before she was your wife. She, yes, before she was she was my then-girlfriend. Right. Right. And just very much like the reason why we didn't talk about paranormal activity at length is because she wants to see it with me. And I had an opportunity to go see it, and I had to decline because she wants to see it with me. So, same thing with the Blair Witch. I got almost talked into seeing Blair Witch without her, and then either telling her I saw it or lying and saying, uh, no, I didn't see it, and then seeing it with her like it was the first time. So, I was very good about it. We went to go see the South Park movie instead. Uh Still very enjoyable, but my favorite memory of that is we we watched the movie. It came out in 98, the uh, first year we started dating. Or, no, I'm sorry, it came out in 99. It was uh, still the first year we started dating. And the end of the movie burst into tears at the end. It was so traumatic to her. That is a great ending. But when the scene happens, at the end of that movie happens, and I'm sitting there and I'm kind of... Because I enjoyed the Blair Witch Project. Me too. You know, uh, and I'm just nodding my head. I'm like, that's pretty good. And then all I, I just hear, <laughs> in the like, yeah. and I, I'm like, what the hell is that? And I look over, and it's, oh my god, it was so scary. And she's crying, bawling her eyes out because of how horrified she was at the end of that film. The the tension, the build up to the end of that movie made my wife cry. Your girlfriend. My, my girlfriend at the time. And she made me take her to see it. It wasn't where you took, you know, uh, your date. She asked me to take her and uh-huh. not... Whereas cause, I was like, I think this is a good idea to see. Right. And not like cause the scene, but basically said, you can't see that movie without me. We have to see it together. Right. And I said, all right. I love you. I will. Well, and I re- then it made her cry. My, my, so that's my favorite. I, I, have, a, I have a problem with film breaks. Uh, I get a lot of them, 
when I go to the theater. Okay. So we're watching Blair Witch, and uh, we hit this point in the film. If you watch, if you ever watched the film, there's a point near the end where it's just the two of them left, and they're kind of losing their minds and rocking back. It's yep. a real quiet. It's a real quiet part before the the nighttime climax. Yes. And the last shot before it goes to the nighttime climax is a sky shot of like the sun with the trees coming through it. It's a very still shot. Very, yep. It's a very serene, sedate shot. So we're sitting. The film, theater's quiet. We're watching this. And again, this film's very unusual. So you really, you really expect you're not know, you know what well, to expect. Hold on, I'm going somewhere. With this the film's like got a very unique feel to it. So you, they could do anything right now. You you kind of roll with it. So all of a sudden, you know, there's real quiet. They're muttering themselves. They're kind of like pacing in the woods. The camera shows the sky and the trees. Film goes off. Lights come on, and all we hear is the monkeys. Cheer up, sleepy G. <laughs> oh, what can it mean? And so everybody's looking around. Is, like, is, is that the, the end? end of the film? <laughs> And like, well, it could be. I mean, you know, we, we don't know what we're expecting. It's like, wow, no wonder people hate this movie. I was like, I was like, what a weird ending. So, and and no one's getting up because, and this is the kind of film where if there weren't credits, you wouldn't doubt it because they're trying to play as a documentary. Exactly. And I forget that the film did have credit credits, did it? Uh, it did. Okay. It, it was very very paranormal short. activity. No credits. Really? Really? That's okay. one of the. That's why that that idiot thinks it's a real film, a, a, a real documentary. They really just cut right off to the end. Wow. Okay. So, but. So everybody's just staring. I don't understand this. Eventually, a guy comes in. Oh, it's a film break. We're sorry. We'll get right back on. So here's the problem now. They bring the film back on. We're doing this class. It didn't really hurt it that much because it happened at a low point. So it didn't break the mood per okay. se. But uh, And later on, I went to see this with Stacy, And she backed me up on this. We're watching the film. We're watching, like, going through the woods. They're hearing the voice of their friend. They're trying to find him. Tension's building. And in the back of my head... Daydream believer, that's uh, what I need. It's like, I can't get daydream believer out of my head. I'm watching the end of this film, and all I can think of is cheer up, sleepy. It ruined it for me. I got free passes for that, yes, but it's just no luck for that. We got free passes for Saw Six last night. Yes, we did. Because again, this is the third film that we've that I've gone to in the last three months that the sound is cut out or the film is broken. I have not had good luck lately. And, uh, yeah, power out of my ass on a real change. That's what happens. Yeah, okay. Right, exactly. But we got free passes, so we're going to use them to go see Avatar. And not because we want to, but, but because, because we want to rip up, rip it apart. We're seeing it for you. You! <laughs> we'll probably film a live, uh, tr- like either from the theater or from the lobby of the theater, depending on how many cops are there. Right. And just, we'll just do our own re- review right from there. So we are not going to spend any of our hard-earned money to see it. Uh, so we're not going to contribute to that, you know, massively open, you know, opening weekend that they think they're going to get. They're not. I don't think. So. I mean, we filled out survey a survey last night yeah. for Saw Six that was for Avatar the for first, the trailer. Yeah, because they, they they released this uh, three minute. Uh, I believe it was around it was three, three minutes. Minute. It was long. It was really long. Very boring. A lot of talking. You know, whereas the first one didn't have any of that. This had actually had talking in it. Uh, you know, plot was given, reason to, you know, tear down the indigenous people's uh, land, you know, things of that nature, and we don't care. I, I, I just don't understand how long they expect me to jerk off to the special effects before I just get bored with the idea of, oh, wow, it's so lifelike. They're, so, you know what, I've seen, and I, I've, I've written about this in a recent article on the blog, uh, a short article, essay maybe, but I, I, it was a blog entry about how paranormal activity beat out where the wild things are, because right. people CGI effects just don't thrill anymore. It's it's so no, commonplace. It's, it's, passe. it's just part and of. And Hollywood's norm. not wrapping their minds around this. And you got um, 
You've got Avatar coming out with a $400 million budget, although now they're claiming it's really $250,000. No, that, yeah. that was a typo. Yeah, well, you just verbally made a typo. Yeah, that's because I'm, I'm a mumble-mouthed freak. <laughs> but when time, time comes out and says it's a $400 million budget, and then they say, oh, it was a misprint. Well, they said three hundred. But then, you know, the whole speculation about it is whatever number you say, add $50 million to it. Or for prints and advertising. Exactly. That's right. So, yeah, they said it was going to be over $300 million plus was their exact quote. So everyone is speculating, well, that's that I, means it's 350 375 I guarantee you they're spending like $75 million on advertising. They're going to do that. They're, they, they, they're going to spend a ton extra just because they're making it 3D, mm-hmm. which Cameron has already been quoted as saying that every movie he makes from now on, uh, regardless of whether there's 12 years in between them, will be 3D. And that, his, That's a good goal, James. I yeah, like that. His whole excuse is the reason why he hasn't been making movies is he's been perfecting his 3D technology so that it's like, you know what? Why don't you make some movies without 3D while that technology is uh, you know, waiting to be perfected? I think he's building he's a, a la- time machine. He's a lazy hack. No, James Cameron is building a time machine. And his eventual goal is to go back. And, and I, I think history will prove out that it is James Cameron himself who sunk the Titanic. Oh. Specifically, so we would have something to do for the past like fifteen years. <laughs> uh, so I, I think we'll find that uh, truth will tell, time will tell eventually. I think some of the records will finally come up, and it'll have like his skull in it. Maybe it was like so. a kamikaze effort just to make sure his, his past self would have a meaning in life. I like the theory. I yeah, it, it'll, it'll prove out. All right, that's cool. I also but. have a theory about the JFK assassination. Oh really? But I'm not going to tell it yet because because I'll disappear. <laughs> Yeah, if you if you if you know who killed JFK, don't go blabbing about it on a podcast. You can keep it to yourself until yeah. until the right time. Yeah, you know when if you, if you if an envelope comes to you addressed to you, you know covered in dust, you know it was like a, hey, I dropped that in the mailbox while fleeing the country of the Uruguay. <laughs> I'll meet you there. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know the name to look me up under. I do. <laughs> but uh, you know the whole thing. Uh, it, it just it's uh, Avatar's coming out on the 18th. I just personally. I don't care, and we're the movie guys. I, I don't worry. I, we'll suffer for you. We'll be there. Well, we're not going to pay one we red even, to see it. We should even interview people outside the theater. I got my digital uh, we, we voice recorder. We'll see what they think of it. We I need. Mean, we need. We need. Who knows? Little, we might go in and be completely surprised. You never know. We need to rig up a little cardboard box around it, like a Channel Two News, except it says "Movie Sucktastic." Oh, that'd be cool. Away. How did you like the film? And we'll just we'll ignore everybody that liked it. <laughs> I thought this movie was pure shit. Yeah. The special effects were great, and I was jerking off the whole time. Right. Yeah. Oh, and the answer to that question, they expect you to be jerking off to those special effects long after they expect you to own the Blu-ray for it. Yeah, that ain't happening. No. I'll buy the Paul Blart Blu-ray before I buy Avatar (laughs) Blu-ray. Actually, no, I won't buy it You want to buy a great Blu-ray? Get the Watchmen uh, Ultimate Edition coming out in December. And it's weird is they keep doing this stuff where it's, you know, that's big epic, and they're cranking all the money in this epic, and it's no matter what they do, it's going to be a failure. And the critics aren't going to aren't, aren't going to fall for this. No. Uh, one of the few times I'll actually agree with critics. And all they have to do is look back and go, "Wow, how much did Paranormal make?" So, well, uh, yeah, been on, on how many theaters? Yeah, and, how much that cost uh, us? Well, it cost us anything. It cost us eleven thousand yeah. dollars. Oh yeah, you know the, the rap party for Avatar cost more than that that damn movie. Catering for any movie, oh, oh is yeah. is in excess of exactly. Paul Blart Mall is what the, the Paul Blart Mall Cop. How much money did that make? Oh, that was weird. Um, the The yeah. Hangover. Yeah. No one saw that coming. That movie made two hundred million. Two hundred million plus. Gee. I think it was two forty actually yeah. in that range. Uh, and the sequel is slated for. Uh, that's part of. Uh, you know the eighteen sequels that will be coming out in two thousand and ten, which we will talk about in a later podcast. But that is coming out 
I think July 2010 or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh maybe June. But yeah, I mean, you know, it just it's not going to no I don't think enough people are going to care. And the fact that they had a a, a survey just for Avatar last night during a Saw movie, you know, it's not even the right demographic, but the fact that they had <laughs> the fact that they had an Avatar survey is kind of scary because I think they're getting worried because the budget is so huge. And they should be. It's a week before Christmas. You know, the Lovely Bones comes out a week after, which I don't think is going to matter. I think they should avatar and feather his ass and get him out of Dodge. <laughs> That's right, I went there. You did. Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't know. There's this gray area. You just don't know until it it's, it's actually happens. It, it's, it's not going to be one of those, you know, opening weekends where it's, you're going to see like Dark Knight money or Transformers Two money, where it's like 150 million opening weekend, 147 million. It's probably going to have the biggest screen opening ever. I guarantee you, they're going to squeeze in every screen they can. They're going to kind of have to for yeah, the money it's costing. That's what I'm saying, you know, and, and, I mean, and the largest get- screen opening ever, I believe, is the Dark Knight with 4,400 and change screens uh, or theaters, I should say. They're going to try to squeeze it everywhere. And again, they're going to have to if they're going to have you know any real chance of making any of its money back for real. You know who I blame? Dr- Other than James Cameron? Jurassic Park. The first one? Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you're right. Because the whole speculation about Jurassic Park was it was in the most theaters, the, on the most uh, screens, uh, it cost the most money. Uh, and they were like, this is the first movie that's going to make $50 million its opening weekend. And it did. Right. You know, uh, it, it had all of this hype around it. And, and it lived up to the hype. And it lived up to the hype. At well, least, it was also I don't s- care for the film, but it lived up to the hype as far as its performance. Yeah. And yes. It, well, I liked it. I know you didn't. Yeah. I still like it. But, you know, it was one of those movies that it did live up to the hype. and But it was also a summer film. It came out in June. Yeah. You know? Avatar should be coming out in the summer. He'd have a much better shot at this film if it was released in the summer. I think it should be released in January. (laughs) (laughs) You want to talk about January? No, I don't. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I I think it will fall on its face. I think you're right. Uh, I think we're right that it will fall on its face. And it may teach James Cameron a lesson, maybe for the better. Who knows? This movie might be great. We don't know yet, but the no. fact... No. You never know. No. I do. I know. You know? I know. We've seen the trailer. It sucks. But we've also seen trailers for other movies that we've come away saying, it sucked, and then watched the film and said, you know what? The trailer was not Oh, Drag, me to, drag me to Hell. Perfect a example. a horrible representation. But you know what the difference Absolutely. is? Absolutely. What? Drag Me to Hell. Cost $30 million? No. Well, the difference is... <laughs> District Nine cost thirty million. You know, they dragged me to hell. They didn't deliver the tone right. They advertised it as a kind of film I don't like, and it turned out to be not. There's no way they're. Well, ever... They were reaching for the you know, the, the teenagers. Serious. No, the, the trailer. In the trailer, they were reaching for it's PG thirteen. You can come see this. No, no, the trailers were not reaching for teenagers. If the trailers reached for teenagers. They would have shown some of that Sam Raimi magic that was in that film. They were they were playing it like because like a haunting in Connecticut. They would they they I, go back and watch the trailers. They I don't know if my they played first, it straight. You know, uh, imprint in my brain. There was like that, nothing but. in that trailer to to prepare you for the gypsy brawl. No, or any of the scenes that happened. That's afterwards. my point. That's no, my point. You're, you're absolutely right this, with that. That trail. This this four minute trailer for Avatar. Right. 
it, they've really painted out what the film is. Yeah. They painted out the moral story. There's a great line in the trailer where, uh, what's her name? R- Ripley. Oh, Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver, Weaver is leaning over this, this guy that they're going to turn into one of these blue creatures, uh, Smurfs. Yeah. And they're kind of cross between Smurfs and Wookiees. I guess. Yeah, and, I, I and, just don't, um, don't know where. I think James Cameron. It's like Last of the Mohicans, but with, with Smurfs. He ejaculated on something, mixed in some blue, uh, you know, food coloring, and then said, "You know what? That's what I'm going to make." There's my a lot of about. masturbation going on in this discussion. I don't know. What it just seems that. to happen in every podcast. Remember that line? There's a line where she leans over and says, "Just close your eyes and let your mind go blank." And I turned to Joy. He's like, "She talking to the audience?" <laughs> you did. <laughs> I think that might be a good idea. Ah, uh, no. Yeah, maybe this is like maybe maybe this is like film like just like subliminals in it. Maybe that's why he's been waiting so long. That's why it cost three hundred fifty million dollars because yeah. it like literally mind washed the audiences. Yeah, we could have like a children of the corn thing going on in our hands. You just know it's going to be. I'll have like to wear my like hypno- hypnosis proof sunglasses. We go to see that. This movie's going to be two and a half hour epic director's cut. You sure? Just two and a half. King Kong was three hours, wasn't it? Well, let's put it this way. Felt like five. King Kong didn't cost. You know, three hundred to four hundred. It cost a lot. It did, but it cost three to. F- King, here's the difference. King Kong was right after Peter Jackson had done the Lord of the Rings films, so he still had that hype going for him. Okay, I think I read something along those lines in my article, uh, "A Giant Falls in Monster Rally." I think he did. Yes, where I, I, I kind of described how how he came off of the Lord of the Rings and he had this epic mentality, so everything he made had to be an epic at this point. Oh, I saw a trailer for The Lovely Bones. You did? They showed it before Paranormal Activity. So that means it's available, which means I will put it on the site. I forget when they're showing it. I forget the release date. I'm sure you, it's December 25th. It's going. It's limited release, and then it will go wide sometime in January. January, yes, yeah. yes. And, and by the looks of the trailer, yeah. Really? Yeah. Is this why it's been in uh, post production for over two years? I, I wouldn't doubt it. I, I, I think they probably they had a problem. There's all this weird ass. If you ever read the book, which I did, and I'm not I, proud, I but I read it, and the last three chapters suck. It was a great book until the end. It was actually a touching story until the end, and then it turned into like a teen romance novel. But there, there's all these weird specters like her in heaven. There's these special effects, these huge CGI sequences. Yeah, and that kind of gets into where we were Even the, the book didn't have this big special effects. Right. In the book, she's in heaven. It's like, oh, my favorite part of heaven is the, the tree and the gazebo. Like, the little girl's got this like, little simple idea of heaven where she's like, this is like a field, a, a beautiful field. In, in the trailer, there's like trees exploding to flocks of uh, birds and, and rainbow. It's, it's like uh, when heaven, when, uh, what heaven may come, when heaven may come. Oh, with Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, oil paint because he was a painter. It was. It's or like that. Along those lines. It's, it's like that, except it's bad. And <laughs> it's like it's like it's like they gave him this movie. It's okay. Wait, I need to inject fifty million dollars of CGI effects into this. So Pe- no, Peter, Peter, no, it's a simple story. This is like this, we could we could do this on TV. So no, I understand, but we need huge CGI. Effect. Heaven should be. Bo- Peter, did you read the book? <laughs> I wrote the script, but did you read? No. But I wrote the script. That's good enough. Do, do you understand this is not Lord of the Goddamn Rings? He had more real shots in Lord of the Rings than he did than he does in this. It every like. time I every time I get like this angry about Peter Jackson, I have to go back and watch Meet the Feebles again. That calms me down, right? <laughs> or yeah. bad taste, or, or bad taste, or, or the Frighteners, or Dead Alive for America, or Brain Dead, Brain for, Dead, which is the uh, real I'll, title. Either version, because there's not that much gore. It's like seven minutes of gore cut out of the of the uh, 
The uncut? Uncut's like seven minutes. The uncut is... Uh, seven to the, twelve the max. The theatrical American was like 95, 94, and... I think it was 96. The, the uncut is like 101. So, yeah, yeah it, it's, it's like seven numbers. minutes, I think, is yeah, the number. Yeah, between five and seven There's minutes. a seven in there somewhere, and I think that's how much it is. Right. So... I go back and watch... Or Bad Taste, which I have on my iPod. You do. I, I watch bad... I have I Bad Taste on my iPod. That's right. <laughs> Every now and then, I just need to... I'm a Derek, and Derek's don't run. <laughs> that's great. Oh, aren't I lucky? I've got a chunky bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But give me a crazy guy in a top hat with a chainsaw any day with a yep. doctor with a Doctor Who scarf. I'm happy. There you go. I mean, back from the day when he direct he he he's making the film. He directs a scene in where he fights himself on a cliff ledge. Yeah. And if you don't know that, you don't know it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. And with no budget. Yeah. And then you go to King Kong, and the guy. Yeah. Here's the problem. Peter Jackson's going to have to rejuvenate himself with something simple like that again. Because Lovely Bones ain't going to cut it. I think you said that in a previous podcast. Lovely Bones is exactly... He's trying to recreate Heavenly Creatures. Heavenly Creatures. He didn't write it. He just directed it. Yep. And it's it's got fantasy sequences because it's about these two girls. And it's based on a true story. These New Zealand girls that that, that plotted to kill kill the one girl's mother because they were going to separate them. They spent. Uh, they didn't get out of prison until they were in their forties mm-hmm. or fifties, and they were. They, they could never. The, the one of the restrictions was they could never meet each other again. Right. They were never allowed to have contact ever again. So it's about this this relationship, and there's like a uh, there's a bit of uh, lesbian overtones to it. Yeah. Not even overtones. They have scenes where they they're actually they're you know, together spooning. Yeah. Or like what the stuff. Um, yeah. Imagining each other as like these knights in these fantasy, and they had these rich fantasy environment, kind of like D and D kind of referred stuff. Referred to as the fourth dimension, I believe. Uh, yeah, but it's some kind of so. it's, it's like a fantasy realm they both fantasized about and had this little play around. And, yeah. you know, a lot of escapism, and there's there's sequences where they're in this magical realm of theirs, but they're not over the top because he didn't have a big budget. Right. So it's almost like he took the lovely bones, and there's a lot of some parallels to it, and I can almost see him going, "Oh wow, I can do this," and this is me going back, like getting out of the. Out of one, because he did a bunch of horror films in a row. They didn't have any creatures, and it kind of broke the mold a bit. So now he did all these epics. I was like, let me do something simple, and he can't do it. Well, I think the he, biggest problem he's trying to do simple, and he's just you, when you see this heaven sequence, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, what happened to simple? I think the biggest problem with it is, I think it's more or less he's expected to do it now. Since Lord of the Rings has come out, where you know each movie's three hours, uncut four hours, Return was almost four and a half. Uh, it, it just it's expected of him. No, he could have done King Kong in two hours. I yeah, and he, it probably would have transcribed into a good film. But he, he's not. You know, I I think he could have done whatever the hell he wanted to, and they would have said yes. And it's still that way because even though King Kong. You know, cost I think it was two twenty five or two hundred fifty million. It made fifty million its opening weekend. It continued to do decently. It wasn't as big as they thought it was going to be, but I think overall, with uh, American and foreign before cable, DVD, Blu Ray, it made almost six hundred million dollars. Uh huh. You know, that's a lot of scratch. You know, but so yeah. it's considered a success even with the high budget and the you know underperforming weekend box office that they thought was going to be a lot higher. They were expecting that to be Lord of the Rings money, like 75, 80 million for its weekend. Right. And it just didn't happen, you know. So, but he's still considered one of the elite directors, and that's why he can do whatever the hell he wants, even with something as simple as a lovely bone. I think it's the nail in the coffin, though. Uh, we'll see how it performs, and I think you're right. I think no one's going to care. I, I, I get the feeling that this Christmas, no one's going to care about movies. 
you know, we're in a recession. Where, 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 when did that happen? Yeah, officially it happened a long time ago. But uh, we're in a recession where it just, you know, it hasn't affected the movie world that much. But during the holidays, it has. Movies don't make as much money as they used to during the holidays. Well, when you had, I mean, like Lord Return of the King came out the, you know, the the Christmas week, right? Three day weekend was, I think it was like seventy two or seventy five million dollars. And let me tell you right now, that's a big deal. Twelve dollars to see a movie, twenty bucks to buy a DVD. Yeah, we all. If Saw was not a tradition that we go in every year, I would not have paid to see it in the theater. I would have waited. At, no, guaranteed. And the only thing I can be in defense of the reason why we paid such an absorbent amount of money to see it is because it was at the goddamn mall. Right. And everything at the goddamn mall is expensive. Uh, if no, we had gone theaters to the are lo- expensive everywhere, though. No, but if we had gone to the local theater right here... Oh, it would have been $10 instead of 12 though, I'm talking about the one the walking distance from my house. How much is that one? I think it's like... Seven fifty or eight dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, if we had gone to the mega multiplex on uh, uh, in Mountainside right here, I think that one is like nine fifty. I have not seen a movie in the in the city, either Philly or New York, and that's always more money. in ages. I can, I don't even know how much it costs. And to you see know a what? Movie. I bet, I bet the city was probably uh, the same price as what we paid last night. I bet, I bet the city it's is close. like twelve dollars. I, I have no idea. I know. I remember you. The city used to cost like ten dollars when I used to go, yeah. and that was back when you could get tickets for like six dollars. Yeah, I, I don't even I don't even want to guess how much it costs to see something at the Angelica now. Oh, forget it. Or or, or the Ritz. I mean, in then Philly. we ended is up it, at is it the Ritz uh, in Philly. I think Philly's the Ritz. I know the Angelica's the one in the Village. Right. Okay, I saw a lot at the Angelica for a while. Then we ended up at the diner afterwards, and I think it cost eighteen dollars for a plate of the smallest gravy fries that we've ever had in our lives. For gravy. a plate of gravy fries, gravy fries and soda, eighteen dollars. Uh, the look on the angry man with the mustache's face when we sit at the table for an hour and a half and didn't order anything else. Right. Priceless. I mean, it just, what the hell is going on? It just seems like in a recession, everyone jacks the prices up for everything. But that's, well, th- that's I, not the right podcast. But I, I think I think we ran out of steam on the movie thing. I think we, we, we've come full circle on it. Uh, I think we have. I think we, can't, we, ran, we ran a bit off topic on the on the horror scene, but we, we did cover a lot. We covered Avatar. We, co- we and covered a lot. My, my, my cinematic uh, confessional had to do with... Uh, with horror and, and 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 um yeah now now I'm gonna have to go and rewatch it on YouTube, and I know he uh, will. Yeah, I gotta relive that memory. Now, if if we're brave enough, maybe I'll put it on the site. You should at least put the unofficial trailer on the site. Okay, definitely. All right. Yeah, don't even, don't even call it uh, Linnea Quigley's horror workout. Just call it like Scott's Con- Scott's, Scott's confession. Yeah, just just Scott's shame. <laughs> okay. The color of Scott's shame. That works. Yeah. I like it. But right, well, yeah. uh, I think this is going to wrap it up. Yeah, um, this is episode five of uh, the po- Movie Sucktastic podcast. Halloween edition. Yeah, by all means, give us an email. Let, let us know what you thought. Also, let us know. We've got the streaming audio on the site now. Yep. And we've gotten a lot of positive feedback on that on top of the downloads. Yeah, it seems everyone is uh, streaming it instead of downloading it. If you do leave the site, I've even done that for you, too. Take the player with you. It's great. Exactly, uh, you know? and and we've been holding off on trying to spread the podcast to other for, uh, to other areas for download because until we got the technical aspects a little bit tighter. 
but we upgraded the microphone. I think our editing's getting nice and tight. We've got a format yep. down. So I got a feeling very shortly we'll be we'll be uh, available on iTunes and other spots like that. We're, oh, we're really going to start spreading out, trying to get a mass audience, try some, do some cross-promotions. We'd love to promote Outside the Cinema. That's going to be my favorite film podcast besides our own. Yeah. Uh, I'm really hoping to give these guys some, some press, that not that they need it because they're pretty popular out there. Yep. Um, so just let us know if, if there's anything you think we should be doing, if you like what we're doing. Give us some input on the site because that's constantly evolving too. Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, this is the announcement. We'll, we'll post it on the site as well. The first official Movie Sucktastic podcast contest. contest. Now, the, the, the focus of this contest is we, we have our new theme song starting with episode two yep. that we started using. Uh, great. It, it, that that was made by... My nephew, Jack Montabano. He, uh, it's his music. He wrote it, produced it, everything. Very talented kid, not just because he's my nephew. Blind but... from the age of seven, he taught himself to play the guitar with his feet. <laughs> Since then, he's been wowing audiences up and down the coast of Serbia. That's right. And, and he's just an amazing child. He's been doing this stuff for years. Now you're exaggerating. <laughs> Uh, but in in the beginning, we, we, we've been putting clips from movies right. in them. And so the contest right now is episodes two through five, the one you're listening to now. Yep. If you, you listen to the clips from episode two, well, actually two and three are the same one, aren't they? No, they're different. I think they're the same. No, two and three are different. If they're the same, it doesn't matter. Go through episodes two through five yep. and name us the films from which those clips came from. It should be one film per episode. Five should be pretty... Easy. Yeah, probably, there's a couple easy I mean, ones and there's a couple hard ones. So, if you the first person to email us at the movie guys at moviesucktastic.com and tells us the movies that the clips came from in episodes two, three, four, and five, we'll get a autographed copy of Monster Rally from myself. It's not going to be easy either, and I know episode no. four. I mean, not that you had trouble with it, but well, I didn't catch it. You didn't catch it. Yeah, and right the away. only reason why I did is because you know. I own the movie because of you. Right. You know, so uh, now it's not going to be an easy contest. I'm telling yeah. you right now. Now, there's also another simultaneous contest going on. We also have the Movie Sucktastic Facebook fan page. That's right. Uh, and Joey and I are also on Facebook. I, those links should be up on the site shortly as well. And yeah, we also, just go to the About Us section. And we also have a Movie Sucktastic Twitter. That's right. Now, the, another simultaneous contest going on is we're trying to get some traffic to those sites just to help get things rolling. Right now, our fan club at Facebook and Twitter are a little low because we just started them. So if the Facebook fan club or the Twitter site, either one, when our followers hit 100, there will be a drawing from those 100 fans, and a random fan will get an autographed copy of Monster Rally as well. I like that. All right, so that's three simultaneous contests going on. We've got name the audio clip from our openings from episodes two through five. Right. And we've got boost us up to 100 on Facebook and boost us up to 100 on the Twitter. Both links are on the front page of the moviesucktastic.com website. Yep. Get them up to 100. You might win a book. So you've got, three cha- you've got two chances, two random chances to win and one direct chance to win a, a copy of one of the best books on horror films written in the past 15 years. I think so. Next to The Monster Show by uh, David Scowl. David Skull? I get the name. Next up. The monster. Yeah. That that one. That one. Which, if I was going to plug it, I should have had in, in front of me. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. I'll, I'll do that next episode. Okay. Uh, we'll put a link up that on the site, too, just since I screwed that All up. All right. That, There'll be a, the, that book I just mentioned will be up there as well. And, of course, Robert's next, The President's Vampire. That's we're going right. to have that link up there. So we've got the contest going. Next episode should be up in a, a week or two. But we got four or five up going now, so we're doing good. Yeah. Uh, also, check out the site. We have the video of ourselves. Reviewing Soft 6, 
leaving the theater. Right. And we should have that's the video. On the, that's on the ride home. We, we decided to record that. And one. the video of us with, with on the the Paramus Library panel before the screening of Fright Night. That should be up shortly on YouTube as well as soon as I get that edited down a bit right. and, and then posted. Very, very soon after, right on the site. Right. So. so we got a lot of that going on. So so swing by, uh, try to get a copy of Monster Alley. Purchasing one's good too. And you can also purchase an autographed copy through my website at smichaelwilson.com. That's right. But you know you can get monster. You want monster rally? I'll make sure you get a copy, one way or the other. Well, we'll get that to you. So you know, thanks for tuning in. I hope hope you listen to us again in the future. Yeah, just keep listening, and you know, we're gonna do this for a while. You know, we're having fun doing this. So you know, we, we you, don't I, we don't make I'm, any money doing I'm this. I'm not really having any fun doing this. No, not no. anymore. No, it's okay. Painful. So I'll be getting a new uh, co-host soon. <laughs> No, but seriously, you know, we're having a great time doing this, and we we plan to do it. This is what we love to do. I mean, we always end up at my house or his house, and and we finally decided we should record this and let people listen. You know, we have fun doing it. You you're the guys that are benefiting from it. So you know, we're not going anywhere. So well, I'm, we, I'm I'm leaving shortly, but but uh, <clears throat> you will be back. So that's the end of it. And just remember, never trust a Russian dancer that smokes and can kick herself in the head. I have nothing else to add. There you go. Catch you later. All right.